this year, Holocaust Remembrance Day takes on a very different meaning for all of us here in Israel. In 1948, Israel was established to protect the Jewish people. And on October 7, 2023, the feeling of safety and security here in Israel and for Jews around the world was suddenly questioned. Today, I'm interviewing two incredible survivors. One of them, Sarah, a Holocaust survivor from Poland. And the second, Noah, a 23-year-old survivor from the Nova Dance Festival that was attacked and hundreds of people from that festival murdered, kidnapped inside of Israel where they thought they were safe. Today, we're gonna hear their stories. And we're going to remember why we can never forget. We're in a fight for our survival once again. And we need you to understand, to hear, and to stand with Israel and the Jewish people now. Sarah, you are an 88-year-old Holocaust survivor. You were born in Poland just a few years before World War II began. Tell us about your childhood. I remember as a little girl when our city, Tomaszow Lubelski, was bombed in the just... At noontime, I was about four years old. My brother was seven, and I had an older sister, Leah. She was 10. One day, my parents decided to leave Tomaszow Lubelski. One of the soldiers that were stated in our town, my father got friendly with him, and he said, he said to him, if you can leave, leave because the Germans are coming instead of us and they'll, they will be bad. We packed whatever we could and we leave Tomashov. And we went till another town to the east to Ravaruska. And one night, it was Friday night, there was a knock on our door and uh, people, soldiers, I don't know, people came in and told us to get dressed and to go onto the lorry. We got dressed, my brother and myself, and we were on the lorry, and the lorry took us to this train station in Ravaruska. I think we were on the train for maybe five weeks. We never were allowed to go down the train. In the end, the train stopped because the railways stopped, and we came to Siberia. My parents worked in the forest to cut trees, and we were there in that place like prisoners, really. Do you remember being hungry there? Yes. Yes. They didn't give you food when you were in um, Siberia. There was very little food. And in the winter, it was so cold. I think it was 50 degree below zero. Below zero. Wow. It was very cold. At what point did you find out what was happening to Jews across Eastern Europe and maybe to your family? Were any of your family members killed? During the war, we didn't know very much what's happening in Poland. When the war finished, people asked, what's with the Jews? They said, 
Jews? There's no more Jews in Europe. But nobody believed because all of a sudden they understood there's nothing to come back. There are none of their family members there. And there's nobody left. So your father said, we're going to Israel. We're going to Israel. So going from the Holocaust, you made it to Israel. Now I want to move over to Noah. Noah, you had a very different childhood than what Sarah describes. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. You were born in Israel. You were a generation after the Holocaust. Your father escaped Lebanon. And from your other side, you also have Holocaust survivors, that you are the culmination of a dream being born in the Jewish homeland where I'm sure your parents and grandparents envisioned a life of safety for you as a young Jewish woman. I was born and raised in Roshine, in the center of Israel. I, I have a beautiful house, and really, I have an amazing family. I can't complain about anything. So you had a childhood of a dream. Your grandparents living in Israel, being able to travel, not being under threat for being a Jewish woman. And then October 7th happened. You experienced those atrocities firsthand. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? On October 7th, I went to the Nova Fest, uh, the party with my friend. I was uh, planning to go to that party for, for a while. I was expecting that. It's like uh, running away from routine and everything and normal life for 24 hours of pure happiness, just dancing, nature, enjoying beautiful people. Even if I would go there alone, I would feel safe because... That's the kind of people that are going to these parties. A feeling of community. Yeah, Yeah. it really is a community. And I went to that party. I was planning to arrive there just by sunrise because it's like the peak of the party. When the sun comes out and you see everyone smile and dance and really so happy with each other, I called my friend, Noam. I was planning to meet her there. I ran to her, we hugged, and we just ran together to the dance floor. It felt like a dream, and we had 15 minutes of pure happiness until everything started. And uh, we we started hearing, um, like, really strong sounds of bombs and, and and missiles, and I was looking at the sky, seeing rockets being shot above us. I was holding my my friend's hand. Unfortunately, that was uh, our last minutes together. And we re- when we realized what's happening, everyone was, was so panicked and they didn't know what to do. They shut down the party. They said, they're, they're rockets, go home. Yeah. We're shutting down the party. And I went to the car. We started driving and away. And at this point, it must have been very scary but also, Normal. unfortunately, it's part of routine yeah. in Israel. That you like... have red alerts, you have the rockets that are launched by the terrorists, you hopefully have the Iron Dome that intersects them, you're able to find safety and to return home safely. You didn't think at this point. No, no, we had that no there idea. Was anything different. I mean, we I panicked, but I knew that it's very common that in this area of the country, near the Gaza Strip, it's it's happening. And it's our reality. So yeah, okay, we have some rockets above us, but everything's fine. We're going to go hide in a bomb shelter, wait a little bit, and then go home, and everything will be okay. And um, we started driving away. I was uh, driving in my car. 
We were hiding in a bomb shelter for about 15 minutes, and then we decided to continue home. After 10 minutes driving, the, we started hearing guns all over the place, and the terrorists started shooting at all of the cars. So I started to turn around as fast as I could, running away, driving away to the other side. Uh, I saw people being shot on the way, and I grabbed a friend of mine, and I, I told him to go inside the car. He got shot in the leg, and we just started driving the other way until we were stuck in a traffic of thousands of cars going out of the party. Didn't know what to do because the, there were terrorists all over the place. They closed us from every direction possible. You thought you were driving away from the terrorists, yeah. but you were just driving towards another set of terrorists. Yeah, exactly. And after a few minutes there, the security guards and, and the people around us just told us, there are terrorists all over the place, run away. We can't protect you. Run away, that's it. Where, what to do, just run away. Run for your lives. And we started r running to the open field. We ran about two kilometers. Meanwhile, hiding inside trees and bushes and everything we, we could find until they, we started hearing gunshots from the way we are running towards. So we had no place to go. We had to change direction again. That was the moment when I first realized that maybe that's the end. Long minutes of not knowing what's going to happen, if I'm going to live or die. Seeing and hearing people fall near me, seeing the terrorists running and thinking about that maybe my next step will be the last one. And we, we got into a place where we didn't have any place to hide. I said, if I'm running this to this direction, that's the end for sure. Right. And my friend grabbed my hand and he pulled me backwards and we went inside the first bush we saw, mm -hmm. which was a quite big one. He pushes me inside and we were inside that bush for eight hours. You were telling me that you experienced miracles in that bush, that the terrorists came and shot at every other bush, and for some reason, yours was protected. Yeah. What was that like to be sitting in a bush and seeing the terrorists and seeing everywhere else be shot, and you're there for eight hours? It's closing your eyes, being so quiet you can't even breathe properly, not to mention anything else not speaking, not doing anything, just close my eyes, hug my friend. Hopefully, I'm gonna live another second. Your friend Noam was killed that day. Did you have other people that you knew from the party? Who... Yeah, I have, uh, I've lost two of my best friends, um, three actually, and another one which was kidnapped, and she's still there. Her name is Romy Gonen. She's such a beautiful young girl. All of them, just beautiful young people who wanted to celebrate life. Yeah, and are targeted because they're in because Israel. Being Jewish. Being Jewish. That's, that's all. Sarah, as a Holocaust survivor, hearing the story of the next generation, what are the thoughts that go through your mind? You're not just a Holocaust survivor, 
When your family moved to Israel, they moved to southern Israel, very close to where the party that Noah was at was happening. What was your experience on October 7th? And sitting here as a Holocaust survivor, seeing the next generation and what they're going through, what are the thoughts that go through your mind? I was by myself at home. I was supposed to go for lunch to my children on Saad. And all as I'm dressing, I hear Tseva Adom. I didn't took it very seriously, but sometimes it happens in, in the area where I live. So I didn't pay any attention. I went out to the sukkah to see what's happening. I live near the, near the gate, second house, and I see a few people are going into the house in front, in one of the houses in front of my house, where the road, where the gate is, and I, I see some people came into my sukkah, went into my house. I don't remember that they asked permission. They went into the house, they went to the front door, they locked the door, and in the corner I have a very big armchair. They took the armchair and put it in front of the door, and we all went uh, into the um, shelter room. So this group of people who came were people from, from the party where Noah was party, at, yes. who were escaping the rocket fire and terrorists, right. came to your house, yes. and you were all together in the bomb shelter. Yes, they locked the door. I, I never do that. I didn't, I didn't understand. And we were sitting there. There was a lot of bombing outside. Sarah, at, w at what point did you realize that this was different than what happened before? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't realize. Sunday morning, relations of my daughter-in-law that lives on Saad, she came to me and she said, Sarah, we are leaving uh, Saad and come with us because very soon we won't be able to go out. So I took my my bag. And you left again. And I went. I didn't take anything. Right. Went so this with, is the second time in your life, Sarah, that you had to immediately evacuate. Maybe even the third time in Poland. And then again, once again, now in Israel. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, Noah... What has it been like since October 7th? You endured something that I think is everyone's worst nightmare, from going to be with friends, be surrounded by community, to needing to escape the rockets, to literally running from terrorists and having nowhere to run that safe, to hiding in a bush for eight hours, to having your friends be murdered, your friend be kidnapped. She should be brought home now immediately. We're all praying for that. And on top of this trauma that you've experienced, you've also suddenly seen the world turn against Israel, somehow make Israel into the bad one, the aggressor. What does it feel like for you as a survivor of October 7th to see that there isn't so much support in the world anymore for Israel and the Jewish people? Maybe you can even say similar to when Sarah was a child and running from the Nazis. It's disappointing because I honestly thought that this is a different era, that we've been through all these stuff and Israel is a modern 
an amazing country and we give the world a lot. And I, I, I honestly thought that anti-Semitism is no longer exists, at least not in the same way. And unfortunately, we found out otherwise. And now this is our work to, to make sure everyone understands what's happening here and make sure that they know what innocent civilians were been through on October, on October 7th. And this is our work to, to raise the awareness. Yeah. Right now we see people standing up and defending the Hamas terrorists who took your friend instead of trying to free and bring home your friend, which is something that we never thought would be able to happen today. No. We thought that when the world yelled never again, that they would actually stand with Israel when those words had to take meaning. And today we see people screaming out the new anti-Semitism of from the river to the sea, which are the same exact calls as Hitler and the Nazis called in the 1930s, maybe with different words, but the same meaning. Sarah, what's it like for you now, 88 years old, living in Israel with dozens, may they be healthy, of grandkids all living in Israel? What's it like for you to see history repeat itself? When I was a child, when after the war, I said, now it will never happen again. Never will anybody will be against us. And that, that's how we go. I never thought it's going, it's something bad is going to happen to us. What do you hope that the world sees in your story, Noah? What do you hope that the world sees in Israel? And what can they do to continue standing with this slogan that takes on more meeting now more than ever of never again? I think that people need to understand that innocent civilians, beautiful young people who just wanted to celebrate life, dance, were brutally slaughtered, murdered, some of them raped on, on our land, on our safe space. And Israel may be the first one, but the world is next. And it's a war against terror. It's a war against Hamas. There are no sides, no Palestinian or Israeli. It's not, it's not about that. It's about fighting pure evil. And you can see it everywhere. It, it's happening. It's just a matter of time. And we need to, to take action. We need to bring the hostages back now. There's no minute to waste. We already lost so many lives. We have to, to save the ones that are still have even, even if the smallest chances. Do you think that Israel's in a war for survival right now? Yeah. Could you see it happening when I hear you say that the world is facing the same evil as Israel is and they just have to wake up to it? Where do you see that? You can see it everywhere in the capital when Palestinians are rising and yelling all kinds of slogans like from the river to the sea. They just don't understand. You see it in London. You see it in America. Everywhere. You see it in Australia. The evil is starting to wake up. You can see it on the streets, in the most safe spaces. On, on the, I mean, I don't want to walk around the world and needing to be ashamed of my Jewish identity. And after what's happening here in the streets, I'm, 
I'm feeling not safe walking around, like walking in the streets. Sometimes I even feel unsafe in my own house after what happened and still happening. Simply for being a Jew. Yeah. Sarah, what, what do you hope that the world sees right now? Uh, I can't believe that it happened. It happens again. I never dreamed that I'll have to leave my home for, for three months. I hope that my children, my grandchildren, won't, won't have to live through things like I, I did. And um, I hope that's what's going to happen. I think the world has to wake up because there is place for everybody. Noah, what do you hope for the future? We need everyone to stand with Israel right now. I really hope that when, when my younger brother will be 18 years old, he's not going to have to face wars as a soldier in the military like they said to me when I was younger. When you grow up, there won't be, we, we won't have any wars, don't worry. But it's still happening, so I, I really hope that that will change for the younger generation. Israel tries to live the vision of peace, and we pray that the whole world will be able to stand please, with us in this. Please, God. Amen. In the vision for peace and equality, reaching out our hand to the other and hoping that one day we will no longer see a world full of anti-Semitism, no longer see a world that's committed to the genocide of Israel and the Jewish people, and that your brother, who's 13, way before he gets to the army, that Israel should enjoy that peace that we long for.